Welcome to Detour to Neverland, where you are the author of your own Disney story. There's a lot of satisfaction in developing ideas into realities. And you can find magic in your everyday life. If you do what you really want to do, you feel like you're playing. How can you write your first chapter today? Dreams are how we figure out where we want to go. Life is how we get there. I'm headed this way. We're your hosts, Brendan and Catherine. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today is episode number 203. I'm still not used to having to say 200s yet, but um, we have a storytelling episode for you and we are talking about alien swirling saucers. So first off, we apologize for not getting this out this morning like we normally do. I don't know how many people will listen to it tonight. That would be uh, (laughs) interesting, but I think most people listen in the mornings, uh, so we apologize. Hopefully, we made your Thursday morning a little bit better. Yeah, something a little different. Yeah, so if you're new here, these storytelling series are just a little spinoff thing that we've been doing of looking at different Disney attractions and trying to learn more about the storytelling aspects that they are presenting to us. In an effort that we take them in a little bit differently, that we catch something new the next time. And I know I say this every week. I learned something new about alien swirling saucers today. I did, too, actually. And I think it's because maybe it's a ride that is often overlooked. I mean, at least from our standpoint, we overlook this ride quite a bit. So I could see how maybe other people fall into that category, too. So it was interesting to actually stop and look at this attraction and think about it and kind of what its individual theme is and how it plays into Toy Story Land. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, and it's interesting because when I think about Toy Story Land, if I think about things that I want to do, Alien Swirling Saucers falls last below even. Woody's lunchbox. Uh, well, um, that's because Woody's lunchbox is a highlight of the park so itself. It's like, it's like Slinky Dog, Toy Story Mania, Woody's lunchbox. I guess two and three are debatable. <laughs> and then Alien Swirling Saucers. And you might even put like a character meet and greet above that. Oh, yeah. But I think that's why I like this storytelling series so much is because this got me excited. We did just ride this last week. Intentionally, because we knew we'd be talking about it. And I think I have a better appreciation for it that before it's something I would have said, get rid of it. I don't care. Now I do think that there is a role that it plays. We can debate whether it's needed or not, but there is a deeper role that it plays in the land that we didn't realize before. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. So. Let's go through and try to reminisce on what exactly it feels like to ride this ride. We'll try to do it through words (laughs) and do the best that we can. Well, as you approach this ride, I think the first thing that kind of stands out is that you are greeted by Buzz Lightyear. So, you know, typically when you think about Toy Story Land, I think the way that most people probably enter Toy Story Land is up by the front where you're greeted by Woody. Buzz is in the back half and he's standing in front of alien swirling saucers. And this is kind of the setup for the ride because they go together. You know, they're both space toys. So I do think 
that's something that maybe I hadn't thought about before. I guess I kind of just assumed, oh, well, they have Woody. They've got to have Buzz. But I think his placement is very intentional. Yeah, I think learning more about the backstory of how exactly this plays into Andy's backyard, it makes sense of why Buzz is over there. Um, But yeah, I would. Woody is more prominent, I think. Yeah. And especially his his vocal, uh, the the speaking that he does. You hear that more often than you hear Buzz talking. I honestly didn't even know that Buzz talked until this past weekend when we were in Hollywood Studios. I guess, I mean, it makes sense that he would because even like Jesse talks and she's over there, you know, incorporated in Slinky Dog Dash. So it makes sense that Buzz would talk. I just never heard him. But he was saying something about like being in Spanish mode. So I thought that was cute. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, so then from there, the queue for this attraction is actually housed in Buzz's Star Command playset. And that's kind of where we start to see that theming with why Buzz is standing in front, because he's with his own set, his own toy set. So I did like that. And as you kind of walk through the queue, you do see little elements from Buzz Lightyear. Like there's a big um, like blaster gun kind of sitting out next to the side. Um, there's little games that kids can play with like giant buttons. So again, it kind of makes you feel like you're the size of the toy. But for the most part, the queue you know, it has some good artwork. You can tell that it's Buzz's playset, but for the most part, at least in my opinion, it does leave something to be desired. When I think, especially if you compare it to Toy Story Mania and Slinky Dog Dash, it does fall short in that category. It's not nearly as obvious as the other two of what exactly is going on and and what you're walking through as a toy mm-hmm. in this circumstance. Slinky Dog, it's very, I, I wouldn't say, I guess, very clear, but I would say more people pick up on the fact that this was a Slinky Dog playset that Andy got and he put it together using all of these different types of toys and all these different characters and he put them together. And I think Alien Swirling Saucers misses that mark a little bit where it's not nearly as apparent. I, I was going to say it's not nearly as detailed is kind of where I think they could have done a little more to maybe portray what this ride's theme is. Like you said, with Slinky Dog, it's pretty obvious because you can actually see Andy's drawings and you can see all the pieces from the the roller coaster set. Kind of the same thing with Toy Story Mania. You know, you are surrounded by all of those toys that are larger than life. Um, And it's kind of showing you what's about to happen. So it fits with the theme, but compared to any of the other cues in Toy Story Land, this one would rank at the bottom. Well, yeah, they don't have a life-size Mr. Potato Head yelling at you. Yeah, you can't you can't beat that Mr. Potato Head and all of his sass. Um, I will say when we were there this past weekend, just like any of the other interactive games, of course, they were turned off. So we didn't actually get to see kind of how they work. And the little boy in front of us was kind of upset by that. But it it would be an interesting thing to experience 
I'm usually not like a big toucher of things. So I don't know if I would actually do it, but I would like to see someone else do it. I think we've never been standby for this. This is not something that we would fast pass, though, is it? I think like an end of the day. Like you need something. Nothing else is available. Let's fast pass aliens whirling saucers. I guess that's true. Thinking about it, this might have only been like the second or third time riding it. We we haven't rode this ride often. We rode it at Christmas one year, and I like that because they do a Christmas overlay on it, mm-hmm. which was nice. So I remember that one, and I think we probably rode it like right when Toy Story Land opened up. Yeah. I will say this, typically you would think about this ride is good for little kids, but it's really not because there is a height requirement. Like our niece couldn't ride it or else like we would probably do this one more often, but we're getting off track. So once you get closer to the loading zone, you are directed to either the left or the right side. And it doesn't matter which one you go to because they're the exact same. And then once you are directed to get on the ride, you can choose any alien and rocket that you want to. And this kind of made me think of like old school Dumbo because before they would assign you numbers and they would organize it, they would literally just turn you loose and you could pick whichever one you wanted. Like which teacups. Is like teacups, which is kind of unorganized chaos. But that's how this one works. And when looking at the aliens, if you're trying to pick one, They do have different faces and facial features. I did not know that. I don't think all of them have a different face by any means, but I did notice one of them was smiling and the other one kind of had like the ooh face going for it. Can you say that again? (laughs) No, (laughs) but it was cute. And I think that fits with this ride. I mean, everything about this ride is very just cute. And smile inducing, I think, is a word that we use a lot. The ride itself is covered and it's very much an amusement style. You know, honestly, when I think about this ride, I almost think that it would fit better in Pixar Pier. I was going to say Dino Land. (laughs) Okay, I was trying to be a little more high class, but it does fit like the amusement park kind of. Like a carnival. Carnival. Yeah. Yeah. I could see it in Pixar Pier. That would not be bad. I mean, I would, we have not been on emotional whirlwind in Pixar Pier. It wasn't open whenever we were out there, but I would imagine these are kind of on the same level as far as their sophistication. Yeah, that's true. The ride itself, if you are looking at it, it has some flashing lights in the top. There are a lot of star details in the ceiling. So again, very space themed. And then, of course, the best part of the inside of the attraction is right in the middle. You have the claw and it's holding a little green alien. And then you get to see some kind of elements related to Pizza Planet. So there is like a Pizza Planet. Some of the columns kind of have like a pizza uh, (laughs) like Aesthetic aesthetic to it. Yeah, which is silly, but it all portrays the theme about where this came from and why this ride is sitting there, which we'll get to with the history. But then, of course, once the ride begins, you spin around in circles that kind of whip you around as you're changing tracks. And that's actually a really fun thing 
to do while you ride. The ride is just kind of look at how it's operating. Oh, I thought you were going to say to like smash into your ride buddy. Well, we were getting to that because like we mentioned for Big Thunder Railroad, there is a lot of sliding back and forth on this ride, which does kind of add to like the fun, the laugh, the thrill factor of all of this. I was honestly surprised that all you have is one little flimsy seatbelt on this. Why? Because it does whip you around? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm not falling out. By you, want, you want like a harness? <laughs> yeah, an over the head, <laughs> like rock and roller coaster harness. No, but like I'm a big guy. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> but I can imagine if maybe you're a string bean or something, you just slip a right small out. kid. <laughs> just slip right out of there. Well, I guess you got to hold on to your hats and glasses. Wrong ride. But it's basically what you would expect from the name Alien Swirling Saucers. You go around in a lot of circles. Um, I wouldn't really say that it makes you dizzy. Did you feel dizzy riding this ride? No. No. It's not nearly. It's not like teacups. It's Mm -hmm. not the same sensation. Yeah, that's a good comparison. But really, the last thing to mention about this ride is the music. And we've mentioned this before. I think we mentioned it when we talked about kind of the Disneyland version, the Mater's Junkyard Jamboree. But the music is what makes it, honestly. It's the highlight of the entire ride because they're the classic Toy Story songs that we all know and love and can probably sing. But they did put like a little kind of techno, spacey twist on it. Is that how you would describe it? Accurate. He's like making faces at me. (laughs) Like that was a bad description. But do you think that's on uh, Apple Music? Oh, I don't know. We should look. I bet someone has it on some kind of playlist. We should have like a rave for Alien Swirling Saucers music. It would fit. It would fit with it for sure. With pizza Mm in a pizza planet box. And Mm -hmm. I don't know what kind of drinks we could have. I feel like you would need like some glitter, like some kind of blue drink. Spacey green. Well, like the, the adult lemonade from. From Woody's Lunchbox. From Woody's Lunchbox. Yeah. And tachos. Tachos go with any occasion. Definitely a rave. But I will say the aliens also have little things that they say too. Like at the end of hours, they said we are eternally dizzy instead of there. We are eternally grateful. So it is kind of fun too to see their personality stand out. Because everyone loves the aliens. Yeah. So thinking about uh, how this ride came to be and just some of the backstory on it. Honestly, I mean, it's so new. It's it's barely two years old. So there's not too much that you can dive into there. But the story behind this attraction, like Catherine kind of alluded to, is that Andy won a playset from Pizza Planet and included in that playset were the aliens and and everything else involved with the ride. So the aliens are flying around in their saucers and they're trying to capture your rocket vehicle with the claw. Now, did you realize that was what was going on? No. And I will say you would kind of get that sensation more if the claw like moved, like if it kind of moved around the ceiling, if maybe it wasn't holding the alien. I mean, I think it holding the alien gives it 
you know, like kind of that nostalgia or fun factor. But if it was more just like a free moving claw that actually like came down and like reached for you, I mean, that would for sure add like an extra level of thrill and it would make it seem like it's whipping you around to avoid the claw. I was going to say that was one of my takeaways at the very end of this is it almost feels like this is missing an animatronic. Yeah. Like, I I guess Zerg wouldn't really fit with this story, but kind of because he's in Buzz's realm realm, like put Zerg in the middle of this and he's controlling the claw or something, trying to reach out at you. It just seems like there's something missing. Now that would be fun. That, that would add to like a more immersive experience where you're not just sitting and being whipped around. Like you could actually see the story kind of unfold around you. Like what, it's explaining here. So I thought the story was they had these rockets and they're just taking you on a fun ride. <laughs> and I thought that's where it ended. I never would have put together on my own that they're trying to get you caught by the claw. That mm-hmm. completely over my head. Well, there is that disconnect, like we mentioned. So maybe one of the categories on our sheet here is like, Change it, fix it, leave it, whatever. That would be one thing to change. So factoring into the Neverland score. Yes. So the ride vehicles, the track, for lack of a better term, and the operation and the mechanics of the ride are an adaptation of the crack, the whip, or a trailer hitch style ride. It's kind of known as both. And like we mentioned, it does have its early days in carnivals, fairs, and things like that. You'll see rides like this. This is not the first time Disney has adapted this style of ride. You can also see it at Mater's Junkyard Jamboree in Disney's California Adventure. And side note, that is probably our favorite safety spiel of all time, hearing Larry the Cable Guy speak in Spanish to tell you to be safe. Oh, by far. We had the best time with this ride and then of course it was Halloween so it had the fun overlays and Brendan mentioned you know they do a holiday overlay for Alien Swirling Saucer but it's not nearly to the extent that they do it in California Adventure so I mean out of the two which one would you prefer like if they were side by side and you had to pick one which one would you go on I mm, maybe early alien swirling saucers just because it's covered. Hmm. That's the only thing I can think you of. Do you like to be out of the sun? Well, I'm very pale. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Uh, it's probably also to do with the source material that I just identify with Toy Story way more than cars. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe we give some bonus points for Mater's Junkyard Jamboree because it was our first time in California Adventure. We thought that the safety spiel was the funniest thing we've ever heard in our life. <laughs> and then Mater singing Halloween songs. The purple people eater. <laughs> so I don't know. What do you think? I was actually going to say Junkyard Jamboree. And it's funny because it was for the opposite reason. I like that it's not covered. 
I just love that in general about California Adventure and Disneyland, that things are not as covered. But again, it fits with the theme, though, for a junkyard jamboree. So I don't know. Maybe I am just kind of biased towards Disneyland because it's not like our park. But. Yeah, I don't know. So. Alien Swirling Saucers opened with Toy Story Land on June 30th, 2018, and the attraction was included in the original artwork presented at D23 in 2015 when Toy Story Land was first announced. And I don't know, are are you, if you think back to that original artwork, we were supposed to have an Owl's Toy Barn. Yeah. Slinky Dog was supposed to be even bigger. Like all kinds of things were supposed to be part of the land. Do you think that would have enhanced the story? I almost feel like you need a pizza planet to go with this. Oh, my gosh. I would have loved a pizza planet. I don't. I mean, it probably would have been the same kind of not so great pizza, like from Pizza Rizzo, which would be kind of disappointing. Oh, my goodness. You shut your mouth. Do not even act like we go there and eat or like it's on the top of your list. We are fans of anything Muppets related. No matter but how, the, but the food, no matter how much it tastes like cardboard, <laughs> there are like cardboard pizzas that you get from school cafeterias that are better. I For, will not tolerate this. All I'm saying is I would have loved like a really good pizza planet. That would have for sure added to Toy Story Land, I think. I, I'm really interested, though, to see what kind of restaurant the barbecue restaurant, like how that ends up playing into things, but we're getting kind of off topic. I do think that maybe if some of those things from the original artwork, maybe they could have helped tie in. I mean, I don't know. I just don't think it's obvious. Like I think there's so many things that they could have done. Just a few more details is all they needed really to make it just be better. It is so interesting that if you look and again, this is a completely different conversation, but if you look at all of these expansions that we keep seeing in the parks, it seems like they really like this model of. Two attractions, two or three attractions, one is like mind blowing, most amazing thing you've ever seen Sight fly to passage Sight rise of the resistance. The second is. And mm-hmm. it's almost like like Navi River Journey feels that way. I, I'll say it. I think Smuggler's Run feels that way. But I also think both of those are better than Swirling Saucers. Yeah. And so it's it's almost just like. They put so much time and effort into the Slinky Dogs and the Flight of Passages and the Rise of the Resistances. And these secondary attractions. Just don't do anything they don't contribute to the land as much as they should yeah and unfortunately it is just for little reasons like the theming it's there but it's not where it could be you know those little things are missed out on and i will say at least in the defense of toy story land i do think this ride makes sense just because if you look at hollywood studios i mean there really is not much to do for kids like young 
kids. And again, this ride doesn't completely fit that bill because there is still a height requirement. But I do think that maybe that was the intention behind having, you know, a ride like this where it's not so much a thrill that, you know, families can ride it, little kids can ride it, you know, because they're going to be attracted to Toy Story Land. But I think everything you said is kind of right on the mark. So let me ask you this. Let me pose this question. If you compare it to Cars Land and between Mater's Junkyard Jamboree and Luigi's, what is it, Rollickin' Roadsters or something? I do not know where you got any of those words. Rollick. What is a Rollickin'? I don't know. Like frolic? <laughs> I don't know. Is that not what it's called? No. Luigi's Dancing Cars. Okay. Which one of those would you rather have? I love the dancing cars. So I almost feel like they picked the wrong one. And I don't know what the footprint lays out as. Or how exactly that happens. But I feel like you could still have that same idea of the claw is coming to get you in a covered space. With the Luigi trackless dancing cars, except they're like dancing around the claw. Yeah, that they are. You're scattering to either they're trying to lead you into the claw or you're trying to get away from the claw, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. That's just something I thought of because I don't know what the height requirement is for Luigi's, but I bet it's smaller. Mm hmm. Well, there is not that kind of whip to it. I mean, it still jerks you around because you never know which way you're going to go or how the cars are going to you know, spin and dance and that kind of thing. But I will say it is less on the thrill factor. All right. So finally, let's wrap this up. Okay. Some of like your takeaways. Let's try to find the light in this. <laughs> Well, okay, I guess I'm going to be the the dark cloud here. Not that my takeaway is bad, but I do think the biggest thing that I realized from doing this research is that the story is very simple. You know, Andy had this toy set from Pizza Planet, and this is what it is, essentially. You know, you are escaping the claw, and I like that it pays homage to you know, like Toy Story, you know, the the original and the aliens and their, you know, association with the claw. But it's a big change of pace compared to some of these other rides, like you mentioned. I mean, especially in Hollywood studios, when you think about, you know, Tower of Terror, Rise of the Resistance, all of those rides have huge elaborate backstories that are so fun to dive into. I mean, this one it's just very simple. And again, it works because it fits in with Toy Story Land as a whole. And that's its own elaborate kind of theme. But I do wish there was a little more. And that was kind of my takeaway, unfortunately. Well, and I just want to be clear that I'm understanding you. So you're not saying that it needs to be as thrilling as Tower or Slinky Dog or something like that. You're just saying there needs to be more substance. Yeah, I wish that when we looked up, like, what is the story of this ride? I wish there was more to it than just a simple explanation of Andy got this toy set 
and the aliens are trying to pull you or lure you to or away from the claw. Which essentially is just the same story as the land as a whole. Yeah, I just wish I wish it was bigger than that. I wish there was something more that we could have dove into. I mean, I did think we had a lot of like revelations with even just like buzz. You know, we did learn some new things. But, you know, it's fun to dive deeper into like the Tower of Terror and see all of that. This kind of left me wanting more. So for me, I think that although the idea and the execution and and the storytelling aspects of this attraction are very, very simple, maybe one of the most simple ones that we've covered up to this point. I I will say at the end of the day, it is absolutely 100 percent a smile producer. There's not a single person who gets off this attraction who is not grinning ear to ear. And for the average park goer, I think that's enough a lot of times. The music and seeing the aliens and hearing the little things like we are eternal, eternally dizzy, like (laughs) people like that kind of stuff. And so I think it makes people smile. And I don't think we can overlook that, that sometimes something simple can work with some banging music (laughs) and whips you around that sometimes. That's what people are looking for. Mm -hmm. I'll give you that. I mean, and maybe that's the real purpose is something just to make you smile with maybe less of a weight, because I will give it that it always has a lesser weight. So, of course, we always ask for our listener feedback and our listener scores for these attractions that we're diving into. So if you would like to give your score in the future, you can head over to our Facebook group Detour Detour to Neverland podcast community the link to that is also in our show notes this is where we ask every week for people to send in their scores so start us off Catherine, with jake's so jake gave it a 7.25 he said the favorite thing about this ride is watching the track it is mesmerizing how it spins and connects to the next track i know it's not what you're supposed to pay attention to but i can't help it and i will definitely agree with that i agree that's what i did last time we wrote it and i still can't figure out how it works Hmm. I guess we'll have to write it again. We need an engineer. <laughs> um, Sean said 0.25. Wah, wah. <laughs> Take everything great about Mater's spin and throw it away. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little facetious, but I don't know how much. Yeah. Yeah. That's our friends from Monorail Radio, which stay tuned. We will be on an episode of Monorail Radio soon. Yeah. Super fun. Ryan said he gave it a three and a half and it's something to do, but not a necessity. Short and sweet. I again, I would agree with that as well. (laughs) Catherine said, my kids love this ride. My youngest was still scared to go on Slinky Dog Dash. So we rode this and he loved it. It got a six and a half for me. So I really appreciate that perspective Mm -hmm. that it does appeal to younger kids that maybe Slinky is not something that they're ready for yet. Slinky is, I didn't realize this until we went with your foster brother. Yeah. That big loop that Slinky does, I say loop, but the bank that it does can be very intimidating because it's loud and it's the focal point and it's tall. So I can understand that. So I'm glad that Alien Swirling Saucers can still 
serve a role for younger kids. Mm-hmm. I agree. Stacy said, it's a six for me. I didn't expect to love it, but the first time I went with my niece and nephew, we all couldn't stop laughing the entire time. I love the whimsical and fun theme of this ride and the unexpected twists. Can't go on this one without coming off with a huge smile. Again, it's a smile producer. It is. And then my favorite review of all (laughs) came from our friend Jonathan. He said, for Cece, which is his daughter, this ride is a 10 as she loves Toy Story. For me, a two and a half. And he said, I'm just not a fan of Toy Story Land. Every time we're there, it's roasting and there's no shade. Toy Story Land is the surface of the sun. Amen to that. But I think that's probably true for a lot of parents. That <laughs> this is one of those that some kids might fall in love with it. And it's got to go with the flow. You just got to go with the flow. I wish I had a shorter wait for people like that. Yeah. Right now it does. So. Yay. All right, Catherine. Okay, this one for me got a 4.75 and the highest marks were for Love It or Fix It. Although now after we talked, I would probably change that. I'm not going to lie. Originally, when I went into it, I kind of thought, well, there's not really much that you can change. Like, how do you fix this ride or what do you do? But now I know. Move the claw. So Disney moved the claw. Um, And then, of course, Smile Factor got a big one for me. Um, Even Thrill Factor was kind of on the higher end, or I probably could have even rated it higher just because it's not like the same thrill that you would get from maybe Tower of Terror. But, you know, it is like it kind of makes you scream a little. We have to scream on the inside right now. But what are they saying in Tokyo? Scream in your heart. We're we, trying. We had to scream in our heart. But it is, it kind of just makes you like, woo, you know, as it whips <laughs> you around. Just a little woo. You've had lots of good sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> and that did help score-wise. So it's kind of an average ride. I think the score reflected that. But it's it's good. I gave it a 4.25. So half a point lower than you. And where I took away, we were... We got to start doing these blindly because I feel like a lot of times <laughs> I just fill in what you fill in. Ah, uh, boo. And where I took away points less than you, you said you'd wait 30 minutes for it. I said I'd wait 15 minutes. And now, no more than 30. Let's not get that twisted. Same difference. I actually did rate it higher in nostalgia than you. I don't I don't know if we are. Do I like Toy Story more than you? You might. You mention it a lot. I mean, I do love Toy Story. So maybe that factors into it. And then I actually gave it a zero in how much do you miss it? Or I answered, I'd be okay if I never wrote it again. And I feel like that's a little dramatic. I My life would be missing nothing if I never read this again. I mean, each there, I'm going to tell Ellie that when she wants to ride this. I'm going to say, Uncle Brendan doesn't care if he ever rides this again. So it's you and me, girl. I mean, maybe that's a... A little dramatic, but I don't know. Maybe it's just the mood I'm in today. <laughs> because I guess you can make that case for almost any Disney attraction. <gasps> no. Well, I'm just saying, like, life would go on. So maybe that was my <laughs> mindset. So maybe that's a little harsh, but 4.25. Not a bad, not a terrible score, I should say. No. no. We've had worse. We have had worse. But overall, I think... 
I think it's a healthy thing to look and say, this has so much more potential. Mm -hmm. A lot of times I don't think we've been able to pinpoint on what exactly would make this better when we look at the storytelling aspect of these. But I think if you're strictly looking at storytelling, which is the point of all this, we're not looking at how fun it is or anything like that. We, we are, we go to Disney for stories. Well, and fun and food. We keep going back to Disney for stories, I guess. <laughs> and I do think it's lacking. Mm-hmm. If, if we had never done this, I'd never, ever, ever would have known that the aliens were trying to get us caught by the claw. No. And I, I could maybe put together that this is all a toy set that came together. I don't think I ever would have put together that he got it from Pizza Planet. No, I mean, unless you are just like a big Toy Story fan and, you know, that's where the aliens came from. So maybe you could assume maybe, but it's not blatantly obvious. Which and it doesn't have to be blatantly obvious to be excellent. Like Big Thunder Mountain Railroad is not obvious, but things kind of click once you understand more of the backstory mm-hmm. of it. I think this one doesn't click. That's the issue. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's a okay story. Wish there was more. So I agree. You guys may completely disagree, and this may be your favorite ride of all time. And if you do, please let us know. Oh yeah. We definitely want to have those conversations. And now it is time for Catherine to choose next week's attraction. So next week we are going to my favorite animal kingdom and I'm I've been trying to put off doing like a Pandora yet you know just like we're trying to put off a you know the rise of the resistance so I went with an old school ride one that we do not ride but guess what Brendan we're going on Friday we're getting on this ride for research purposes we are going to do the Kali River Rapids. I am high key mad at you. You are getting on this ride and I'm high key pumped for it, actually, because this is one that is going to have a big nostalgia factor for me. I'm wearing a poncho. Great. I'll buy you a poncho. I might wear Crocs. <laughs> I will buy you Crocs. You. So you get on this ride. Record this piece of audio. It's there. You will buy me Crocs. Whatever you need to get on this ride. Side note today. We went to Magic Kingdom today. I left before Catherine so I could come back and work. I saw a guest entering in the park. It rained all day today. It's still raining. Rained all day today. She was wearing Crocs with socks. (gasps) No. Can you you think of a more... like? I understand wearing Crocs on a rainy day. Like it, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> like waterproof, no problems whatsoever. But wearing the wearing the socks underneath it, I mean, that's a party foul. <laughs> no comment. But stay tuned. You'll have to follow along with us on Instagram because we will definitely be documenting Brendan riding this ride. Very excited. We will be back with you next Monday, and we hope you have a great weekend. Thanks, guys. 
Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Make sure you subscribe and leave us an iTunes review if you enjoyed the show. Between episodes, you can find us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland or visit DetourToNeverland.com. We appreciate you letting us be part of your day. See you real soon.